Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles with me today, your Bibles with me, I'm going to jump right into the Word of God. Stay standing if you're, if you're able, if you're physically able, stay standing. I'll tell you when to sit down. Amen. Those of you who were raised Catholic, you know how this works. Up, down, up, down, up, down. We know how this goes. Amen. Yeah, we know. What, I, what I'd like you to do first of all is I'd like you to pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me not just because I'm going to preach. Pray for me because I have a tendency to laugh at things I shouldn't. Any, anyone, else, anyone else just honest like me and there's just, I shouldn't laugh at that. I'm probably going to hell for laughing at this, but anybody else like me? Anyone else at all? Okay. Thank you, you honest people. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit, okay? Show them that video. Stuff like this just makes me laugh. I, 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 I hate to admit this, right? When you don't get clearance from God first, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. Any, anyone else ever been that way with God, though? You didn't get clearance from God. You tried it anyway and, and denied. Denied. Yeah, just denied. Right? I, I, how, how about this? This is, uh, this is for, for those of you who have ever been friend-zoned. You can probably relate to this. I, I love this. Give me that little image there, Tiana. I, I love this kind of stuff. I need a woman of God like you in my life. Amen, bro. Praying you'll find her in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Denied. Denied. Just I really shouldn't laugh at this stuff, but I do. I, I, I really, so pray for me. Please pray for me. What I'd like to do here, here quickly before we get into the word is I, I want to give you the, the title to this message. And I actually kind of felt the Lord le leading me to change it before I started. If you hear last Sunday, we were ministering about the Day of Atonement, which took place on the Jewish calendar this past Tuesday and evening into Wednesday evening. I want to title this message today from Atonement to Access. If I could subtitle it, it would just be when God went from access denied to access granted. Okay, y'all ready for this? I'm excited about these kind of messages. This is my inner nerd just spilling out today, okay? I'm excited to bring you the word of God. If you have your Bibles real quick, if you have, if you have your Bibles, um, if we can, um, hold your spot in Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus chapter 16. This is where the Day of Atonement is instituted by the Almighty God with Moses and and. Aaron, I'm going to get to that. <clears throat> let, me, let me set the stage real quick, okay? For those of you who aren't churched or um, if you're like me, you have a, have a love for history or, or why things are the way they are, okay? Before I even get to the need for the Day of Atonement, let, let's start with why things are the way they are, okay? Humanity had access to God because Adam was formed in the presence of God, okay? So the, so the first thing that Adam knew was the presence of God, that's what he knew. But humanity's access to God was denied when Adam and Eve rebelled against God and, and, and fell in the Garden of Eden. Now, if you know what Eden was, Eden was really, it, it was that dwelling place of God here on earth. That's what Eden became. And it was almost like a garden temple, if you will, because God always wants to dwell in a temple. He looks to dwell within a temple. And so Eden became that, that garden temple here on earth. And, and this is where God I, well, for lack of better words, hung out with his image bearers, okay, with us. But then Adam and Eve rebel, they sin against God, and one of the consequences of the rebellion was to be exiled from the garden. And consequently, now they are exiled from the very presence of God. No longer do they walk with God on a daily basis. Now they have to begin to come to him through the sacrifice and the blood of innocent animals. In fact, uh, before we jump into Leviticus, let me just give you what Genesis tells us. Genesis 3, right, right here after the fall, God literally kicked them out of the Garden of Eden. After sending Adam and Eve out, God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden 
at, at its entrance, if you at its access point, where there was access, God stationed cherubim and a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Yeah, let's just kind of give him an image. Just, I, I know we have imagination, but this is kind of just a, uh, an artist's rendition of what this might look like. The, and the sword here that, that's, that's being waved about, it, it represents the justice of God that would fall on any of Adam's descendants who dared try to get back to God of their own efforts, dared to try to get back to that tree of life of their own efforts. There's a sword blocking access. Someone say access denied. Clearly, access denied. And so now we have... We don't really know, but maybe thousands of years between the time of the fall and to the time of God calling forth a prophet named Moses. So we've got thousands of years where, where men and women are furthering themselves from the presence of God. And now we have all these different religions that begin to, to, to form here on the earth and, and different cultures and different ways of thinking. And, and God calls forth this, this, this prophet named Moses. And he says, I want you to go back to, to a man named Pharaoh, to the Egyptian ruler Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him to let my people go. Now, the Israelites were enslaved in Egyptian bondage. So what happens is Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, Yahweh, the I am that I am, says, let my people go so they can come to a place and worship me. I want to bring them closer to my presence. This is what I want. So... Moses does what God commands him to do. If you know the story of the Exodus, you ever seen The Prince of Egypt? You all remember that movie? Great movie from the 90s. Okay, Prince of Egypt. The 10 plagues that happened and ultimately the children of Israel are finally freed to go and worship God the way that God wanted them to. What happens though is in the midst of, of, of that is that God now commands Moses to build a tabernacle. Now let's give him the image of, of the tabernacle with the, the cloud over the top of it. So what happens is the, the people of Israel now are allowed to pro, a, approach God at a distance. Yeah. If, you, if you see this, this is kind of the, out, the outlay of what it looked like possibly around the, the tabernacle itself. You've got the outer courts, what I'll explain in a moment. You've got the tabernacle itself, and then where the smoke is coming out, the very back of the tabernacle, that's where the presence of God was. Okay? And so now here, here's what you've got. You've got God telling Moses, I, I want to dwell near my people again. I want to be near my people again. So we're going to set up a tabernacle, an entire priesthood. Okay? The priesthood will help the people be right with me, have peace with me. But here's the problem, of course, because, hey, you know what? We're human. Can I just help somebody real quick? Don't take out on God what you feel about me. Don't take it out on Jesus what you feel about fellow Christians. He is Christ. I'm doing my best to be like him. There's nothing. He never fails. He never screws up. He is wonderful all the time. Can I get an amen from somebody who's experienced his goodness? Please, then please, please. I, I love you, but don't be a fool and take out on God what you feel towards humanity. He doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve that. Because what happens when you let humans do things? Guess what humans are going to do? Human things. And even though God had the tabernacle and he had the priesthood set up and he had Aaron, Moses' brother, the high priest, guess what? Two of Aaron's sons thought, we're going to do our own thing. So two of Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, they, they decide to offer up strange fire, unauthorized fire before God. 
And if you don't know what happened, I'll just tell you real quick what happens. Because they did what they weren't supposed to do, because they went against God and offered up something wrong before him, Leviticus 10.2 says, So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died there. Can you say amen? Wow. Woo! Thank God we don't live under the old covenant anymore. Come on, somebody. Good Lord. Priests nowadays, we'd be in some serious trouble if God was still getting down like this. The stuff that we offer up before God that isn't even holy, isn't even righteous, it isn't even biblical. These guys were consumed by fire, a flaming sword blocking the entrance to Eden. Fire from heaven consuming priests who thought they could approach God any way they wanted. Hmm. Wow. And the ultimate consequence is where I had you open your Bibles to. Leviticus 16. You want to approach me anyway? Because of what Nadab and Abihu did, verse 1 tells us. Here's what verse 2 tells us. Here's the consequence of wrongly approaching God. The Lord said to Moses, warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. Huh. So maybe he could at one time. Hmm. But if he does now, he will die. For the ark's cover, the place of atonement is there. And I myself am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. That was that little cloud you saw coming out of the back of the tabernacle. There's God present at that place where blood has to be spread to atone for the sins of his people. Hmm. And ultimately what we see is this. On the day of atonement, we see on the day of atonement, anybody can come stand before God. That's why you're here today. Anybody can stand before God. Are you thankful for that? You can stand before God today. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. All right. Tiana, give them that next image of the layout of the tabernacle. This is what I want you to see. The outer courts are where we would bring our, our sacrifices before God, our our sin offerings, our grain offerings, our, our thanksgiving offerings, uh, offerings of, uh, of not just animals, but, but of the produce that, that we would grow from the ground. This is what was brought before God uh, outside, if you will, the tabernacle itself. So that white kind of outline is just that outer tent. And so you have what's called the outer courts. Okay, And in the outer courts, you've got the altar of burnt offering. You've got the brazen laver. And, and, and what happens here? Is, is anybody, literally any, anybody can come and, and offer their sacrifice for sin before God. So you'd see all kinds of people here. You'd see rich people and, and poor people. You'd see famous people and, and unknown people. You, you would, you'd see uh, families. You'd see uh, single individuals. You'd see everybody here bringing their, uh, their offerings and their sacrifices to God for their sins. And here's, here's the point I guess I'm just trying to make. Everybody brought something to God. Everybody, everybody brought something to God. I don't know where a modern American church thinks like I can just come and get what I need from God, and maybe if I have some chump change, I'll leave him a tip at the end of service. Everybody, everybody brought something before the presence of God. It's how it worked. It's how it worked. Okay? What they would do is they would kill their sacrifice at the altar of burnt offering, and then they would... 
they would wash themselves there at the, the bronze laver. And then ultimately we realized that anybody could, could take part in this. But here's where things got a, got a little, little different. If you wanted to go inside the, the tabernacle, there was called the, the holy place, that, that section in between those, those two veils, if you will. Only the priests were allowed to go there. Only the priests could, could function before God. Only, only the priests could, could eat from the, the, the table of showbread. And only the priests could, could light the, what we know as the menorah or the golden lampstand. Only, only the priests could offer prayers of, of incense before God. Only the priests were allowed to do these things. And, and, and ultimately, because of sin and, and, and because the most holy place is where God dwelled, that last section there, the most holy place, Anybody could be outside, only the priest could be inside, but nobody could go beyond that veil except one man, once a year. It literally became access denied. It, it, it became you trying to hook up with somebody and, and they friend zoning you, denied. It, 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 it became you throwing up a, a jump shot, and, and I, Zion always shows me these videos, just like, just like out of nowhere, just a shot just completely rejected. It was, I tried to get to the presence of God, rejected. Could not happen. Would not happen. I cannot get close enough to God. And then we have this one day out of the year, or one man, the Day of Atonement, what happened this past Tuesday on the Jewish calendar. He gets to go, the high priest gets to, to go beyond that veil, that, that curtain, if you will, and enter to the most holy of holies. And it's there beyond the veil that he offers up a sacrifice for the entire nation of people. In fact, every sacrifice that they were offering all year long meant absolutely nothing if the high priest was not able to go beyond the veil and lay the blood on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Make the atonement for everything else. They had offered up to God. This is, ladies and gentlemen, I, I realize it might bore some of you, but, but this is how you approached God. This is how things used to be for thousands of years. And, and, and still for some Jewish people, if they were allowed to, they would still operate in this form and fashion because they don't realize their Messiah has already come. Access denied. Access denied. Access denied. And the priest would move, high priest would move beyond that veil and lay the blood of that sacrifice upon the top of the Ark of the Covenant there. But ultimately, it would only appease God for a year. You hear what I said? It would appease God. Why? Because the Day of Atonement could never please God. It could appease him, hold off his wrath, bring some peace, but it couldn't please him. It wasn't enough. All it did was hold off his judgment. And that's all the, the Old Testament really is. It's a shadow of better things to come. This old covenant could never please God. It can only appease him. It's kind of like this. Okay? When you got married, okay, or when you get married, you will not bring your spouse's shadow home. Some of you might want to. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is when you get married, you say, you are coming to live with me. I don't want just your shadow. I want you. Your, your shadow might appease me because it's quiet and, and, and it minds own business. Okay? But, but, but it won't please me. Only you can do that. The old covenant could not please God. It could only appease him for another year. And so what we have is people standing on the outside looking in. And we've got the priest who could enter the tabernacle but only get so close to God but we could never get past this veil. Let me read this to you in Exodus 26. 
God tells Moses, make the tabernacle from ten tents of finely woven linen. Decorate the curtains with blue, purple, scarlet thread, and with skillfully embroidered cherubim. Okay? So God wants this veil set up. Ten curtains basically brought together to create this, this height and, this, and this, this width, if you will. Set up in, in at least more modern translations, set up these cubits, if you have King James, set it up as probably 42 feet high and, and six feet wide. This is ultimately what kept us back from the presence of God. This veil, this curtain, if you will. Now, the Jewish historian Josephus tells us that in the days of Jesus, tabernacle no longer existed. They had a temple. And in Herod's temple in particular, he, he wanted everything just to be grander. So he doubled the size of what they had in the tabernacle. So the, at this point, the, the curtain is probably 80 feet high, and, and, and historians tell us it's probably more like four inches thick. In fact, it was, it was so thick that the, that the fabric could not be pulled apart by two horses tied to the veil, pulling in opposite directions. It was so thick you could not rip this veil. That's the thickness to let us know we cannot get anywhere near the presence of a holy God. So what was a flaming sword in the book of Genesis now becomes a hanging curtain in the book of Exodus. And in both these cases, this barrier is meant to protect sinful people from the wrath of a holy God. The veil was there for our protection to keep us from dying. So we have these angels with a flaming sword blocking Eden. Now we have this, this temple curtain, and, it, and notice, embroidered with angels as well, <laughs> blocking us from the access, keeping us out, denying us the opportunity to the Holy of Holies. It's almost as if God was saying this, I'll let you get close, but that's close enough. I'll, I'll let you come this way, but I won't let you come in. I'll, I'll, I'll give you access to a certain point, but I'm going to deny access beyond that point. I'll, I'll let you offer sacrifices for your sin. I, I will let your prayers come up before me like incense and seep through the curtain. I'll, I'll let your priests come in, and I'll even let the high priest experience my presence once a year. So you can have peace with me, but guess what? You can't come in. Let me tell you what religion will do. Religion will bring you up to the veil, but religion will never get you through it. Ooh, my God. Lord, help us if we ever become that church where we just go through the motions and the religious routine and we get to the veil, but we never go beyond it. Literally, there's God telling us at the very edge of that curtain, access denied. And if you know anything about history, you know the system of denial lasts for about 1,500 years, right? From the time of Moses till one dark Friday afternoon. Bible readers in the house? <laughs> 1,500 years of access denied. 1,500 years of praying to a God, not knowing if he really hears me. 1,500 years of realizing we've been separated from, from this God who's, who clearly wants to be with us, but he only allows us so close. 1,500 years of, of religion and routine and going through the motions, and then one dark Friday afternoon, denial met destiny at a place called death. 
on a tree. Wait, what? Wait, 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 what? Didn't this all start at a tree? When Adam and Eve ate from the wrong tree? And now we are exiled from the presence of God, but then one man on a, on a different tree. Let, let me give you what exactly happened. Matthew 27, verse 46. About three o'clock in the afternoon, an innocent carpenter named Jesus cries out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here is Jesus dying on a tree. Remember, it all starts with a tree. Here's Jesus dying on a tree. The first man, Adam, was driven away from the tree. The last Adam, named Jesus, is laying down his life on a tree. And verse 50 tells us this. With a loud voice, he cried out again. This is probably where he hollered, it is finished. At this moment, he gave up his spirit. And then at that very moment, as Jesus breathed his last breath, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to the bottom. Pastor, shouldn't you save this message for Easter? Heck no. The Day of Atonement happened this week, and I need you to know who your ultimate atonement is. Now, it doesn't stop at the veil. Look what else happened. And the earth began to shake, and the rocks began to split apart, and tombs began to break open. I feel like I'm in a Michael Jackson thriller video because bodies of many holy people who had been dead were raised to life. Wait, what? Wait, 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 hold on. Time out. Time out. Come on. This is fable and fantasy. This is crazy, right? This, can't, this didn't really happen. Yes. When that tabernacle named Jesus, because the Bible tells us he was the word who became flesh and tabernacled amongst us. He dwelt amongst us. When that tabernacle is elevated and lifted up and laying down his life on a cross, that tabernacle is being ripped. And while he's hollering out over there, the thing that was keeping us from God is being ripped in two, literally ripped apart. And where was it ripped from? I love what the Bible tells us. Where was it ripped from? From the top to the bottom. Do we have that last image I sent to you? I sent it to you kind of late, but ripped from the top to horses tied together, being pulling this, this curtain in two different directions, could not rip it. This is to let me know this was not a man thing because man was not strong enough to rip this and man was not high enough to reach the top. This was a God who said once and for all, I will no longer be separated from what I love the most. And so I'll be the one to reach it and I'll be the one to rip it and everything that separated us. Ladies and gentlemen, because it gets better. It gets better. Because not only, not only did God reach it, God ripped it. Literally, this is why I believe that Jesus hollered, it is finished. Because I, I believe this. I believe Jesus wasn't just saying, 
I finished my work. I believe what Jesus was saying is the very thing that stood between us and God has now been finished. Family, can you just let God today rip the things in your life that are keeping you from his presence? I dare somebody today to say, God, rip it. Rip every sin. God, rip every addiction. God, rip every attitude. Somebody put your hands together and help me. God, rip every religious belief. God, rip every moment that I felt like I wasn't good enough. Rip every lie of the enemy. Rip every person that told me I didn't have enough. I didn't deserve this. I deserve to be on the outside looking at God. Rip it so that I can have access. Rip everything that denied my ability to get in. I couldn't get in. So God said, it's got to come down. We couldn't get in. So God said it has to come down. And I won't make it look like man did it from the bottom up. I'll let you know it was me. This wasn't your effort to get to me. This wasn't your righteousness to get to me. This wasn't you coming to church and giving the offering and serving on Sundays. No, your efforts aren't enough. I'll do what you can't do. And I'll rip the thing that has separated us. Come on, somebody. I believe God has wanted to do that today. Rip everything that is keeping you from him. And so they ripped Jesus. And when they ripped Jesus, Jesus ripped that veil. But it didn't stop there. He ripped the veil. And when the veil ripped, the earth began to shake. Rocks began to rip. And when the rocks began to rip, dead men started coming out of graves. Here's all I'm simply trying to tell you, just so you know. What happened on that cross was more than just your ability to ask for forgiveness for your sin. What happened on that cross was you graduating from access denied to full access fully granted. Listen to me, I don't know what you're asking God for today, and, and, and I don't even know what you need God to do. But here's what I do know. If Satan told you you can't have it, then you let Satan know you're a liar. Access has been granted. And God sent me here today just to tell somebody this, and you need to know this. If God said access granted, then no devil in hell can block it. No devil in hell can stop it. No devil in hell can deny it. If God said access granted, it's yours, so praise him for what he's already given you. Thank you, Lord, it's mine. Thank you, Lord, it's mine for my family. Thank you, Lord, it's mine for my future. Thank you, Lord, it's mine for my ministry. Thank you, Lord, it's mine. That healing is mine. That joy is mine. That peace is mine. My family no longer lost, but walking with God. That is my promise, and I hold to that today. <laughs> Understand that in that moment when, when the Roman soldiers were, were piercing Jesus' side, they didn't just rip him so that his blood could get out. They ripped him so that you and I could get in. If any man or woman be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 said, I said, if any one of us be in Christ, he wasn't just bleeding out. He was making a way in, access in to where the old ways are passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. Can you put your hands together and praise God for the newness of life? Amen and amen. I'm done. Stand your feet with me. Stand your feet with me. I, hear, I just came to tell every devil, access granted. 
I came to tell every sickness, access granted. I came to tell every problem you're facing, access granted. I came to tell that religious devil that keeps you on the outside looking in, access granted. I came to tell your shame today, because I know you've messed up, but I came to tell that shame, access granted. I came to tell condemnation, access granted. I came to tell every lie of Satan, access granted. You are welcome to be close to God. Can you just lift your hands to me just for like 30 seconds just say, thank you, Lord. I'm letting everything that has kept me from you, everything that's been a, a barrier, everything that's been a denial, I'm letting God rip it today. Rip it out of my life. Rip it out of my mind. Rip it out of my heart. God, rip the veil that has kept us apart. Some of us, it's just us. Literally, we've stood in the way of getting close to God, our own desires, our own passions, our own screw-ups. But God came today to rip that thing. So you can have full access to his presence. Hallelujah. God is working today. Come on, somebody. I need some prayer warriors to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Maybe this isn't for you, but somebody is getting access to what they need from God today. Come on with our hands raised. We came to let the devil know access granted. It's been granted. It's been granted. I came to tell every, literally every stinking problem in my life. Ha. You're not going to be here forever but I will be with God forever. Access granted. Access granted. I came to tell every addiction that has kept some of you bound and you've been in and out and up and down and struggling like a roller coaster, but I came to tell you today the struggle is about to come to an end because you're about to find your way in to a place of victory and peace today. God, I thank you. Access granted. Access granted. The day of atonement was a precursor, a shadow to what Jesus was going to do on a tree of death. We could no longer have access to the tree of life, so Jesus said, let me go up on a tree of death so I can get you back to eternal life with God the Father. I want to close with this, but I feel your love here, Lord. Come on, just somebody, just help me worship God. Help me, help me worship God. I, I sense you, Lord. I sense you, Lord. Woo. I don't know what some of you have been praying for, but I, I, I just hear the Spirit of God saying, access granted. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it from heaven. I know you hear it in your spirit. That's why, that's why you may cry some tears right now, but God is about to take your sorrow and flip it and turn it into joy. He's about to take your mourning and flip it and turn it into dancing. That's what he's going to do because he's granted you access. Access. Just hear me in your spirit. When I couldn't get to God, he came to me. When I deserved to die for my own sins, he did it for me. When I couldn't move past that veil, God stood up and ripped it himself. And now, here's what we need to know. His presence is not only available to one man once a year. His dwelling place is not only welcome to priests and pastors and Christian leaders. Now everyone who is on the outside can be what's happening on the inside. I have a title of pastor, but guess what? I'm in need of a savior just as much as you. 
and the same access I have is the same access you've been granted. Oh my God, when you begin to realize that, you won't wait till next Sunday to get in the Word. You won't wait till next Sunday to get in prayer. You won't say, what has Pastor got for me? No, you'll spend the next seven days getting a hold of God yourself because you've got full access. Michael, come here, sir. Walk that way. Walk that way. Keep going. Keep going. I don't have a veil. Keep going. Keep going. You're about 70 feet away from me right now. About 70 feet away from me. The height of the veil that separated us from God. The distance we had to keep from God as priests. Jesus lays down his life on a cross and does what we could not do. Here's what happens. Now, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, now, number one, we can be forgiven of anything, of anything. But you don't know how bad it was. doesn't matter. You, but you don't know where I was and who I was with and what happened. It doesn't matter. I can be forgiven of anything and everything. Because that's the first thing I need you. I don't know if I have those points not Tiana. That's the first. You can be forgiven of everything. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And listen, we don't walk after the flesh anymore. Okay, we walk after the Spirit of God because the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus. And that has set me free from the law of sin and death. I'm free from those things, so I'm forgiven. The second thing that Jesus' death and resurrection was this. I can now be reconciled. That means made right. Have you ever been estranged from somebody you love? Like, I just, I, I don't know how to get back to them. I, I, I don't know how to make things right. I, I don't know how to talk to them or communicate. Everything is awkward and weird. They don't even want to be around me. They don't take my phone calls. They don't respond to my text messages. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we are now reconciled to the one relationship we could never fix. We could never do anything about it. The Bible says this, in him, there it is again. Where? In Jesus. We have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace. But here's the last thing I need you to know. One man once a year can move beyond the veil. The priest and only the priest, those with titles, those called by God, could enter into the holy place, the tabernacle. But now because of Jesus, guess what we all become? We all are priests. All of us become priests. Literally what happened that day, it wasn't just a veil being ripped. It was the heavens being ripped. Embroidered on the veil in the tabernacle were cherubim or angels, heavenly beings. Possibly embroidered on Herod's temple, the temple where that veil was ripped was also embroidered celestial stars, constellations signifying that neither height nor depth neither things to come or things that were angels nor demons 
nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, my Lord. You got to hear me, ladies and gentlemen. I know when some of you pray, you pray like a beggar. And so you talk to God asking and pleading and just hoping maybe he'll hear you. And religion has taught you to be a good little religious child and act like God is so far away he can never hear you. He can never really do anything about what's going on because he's too busy. He's got the cosmos to run. Why would he dare care about piddly little small tiny insignificant me? But I came to tell you when you pray you have got to pray like a priest. Like I'm standing right there where the veil was being torn. Where heaven was being opened. Tiana, show them Hebrews chapter 4. Here's what you need to know. Since then, we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold to our confession. Here it is. For we do not have a high priest who is not able to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect was tempted as we were yet without sin so when I pray I see myself ripping open the heavens and literally speaking to everything that kept me from God I see God ripping apart these things that said it's keeping me at a distance it's keeping me separated. I'm not good enough to be heard. I'm not important enough to be heard. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I shouldn't be heard. When I pray, I see what God has already done. He's opened up the heavens and made access to his throne. Give me that last verse. So then, let us, let us, let us, I'm a King James boy, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. Not passively, not as a beggar, not as someone who is uncertain. I come with full confidence. I can draw near to the throne of grace. Why? That I might receive the mercy I need and find grace in my time of need. I dare somebody just to take 20 seconds and lift your voice and praise God. I'm not a beggar. I'm not distant. I'm not unimportant. I'm not insignificant. I matter to God. And I come boldly, boldly before his throne. With our hands raised all over this place. Join me now just with our hands raised. We prayed earlier for needs. Now I want you to learn to pray in a way that you rend the heavens. You rip them open. I'm not commanding God to do anything. I'm doing what pleases God coming boldly before the throne of grace that I might, be, I might get the mercy I need first of all because I'm a royal screw up and I do things wrong and I say things wrong and I'm just like you in much as need of God's mercy as you are but mercy withholds the punishment thank you God for that but that's not where the scripture stops it tells me to come and find grace grace is the unmerited favor the unearned favor of God on my life so in my time of need I come boldly and I say, Daddy, here's your baby. And you know what's plaguing me, and you know what's depressing me, and you know what's upsetting me, and you know what's angering me, and you know where I'm struggling, and you know where I'm hurting. But I come boldly before you today. 
And I thank you. I'm going to get the mercy I need for my stupidity. But I'm going to get the grace I never earned to meet every one of my needs. Can you just say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord, for mercy and grace. And I can come boldly, 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 boldly. Woo! You ever seen somebody just so bold? Like, how, how could they do that? How, oh my goodness, undignified and just crazy how they're at. Boldly. You know what boldly means? Boldly just, just simply means I don't have to worry about anything. I'm, I'm not worried. The Almighty God would strike me down if this was the old covenant, but this isn't the old covenant anymore. This isn't the old. Holy Spirit, help me right now because I've got too many people with a religious mindset that I can never talk to God that way. I'm not talking to you any other way than how you've told me to talk to you. Boldly, I come before you with full confidence that you are more than able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I ask or think. Notice how I'm bringing this bad boy full circle to what I started with. I can pray with boldness. Family, I'm actually going to ask you to do something today. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this or not, but I feel the Spirit of God wanted me to do this. I'm going to ask you to come boldly out of your seat and join me down here at what we would call an altar. It's a place of death. It's a, it's, it's a place where the past is put to an end. And Amen, come on. And, and old things are passed away and behold, all things become brand new. Come on, come on, come on. I'm asking you to come boldly. Come boldly, come on. Come on and close. Come on and close. Come on and close. Come on and close. Come on. All over this room. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't wait. This, this is you coming boldly. This is you coming boldly with confidence. God hears me. God hears me. He knows me. I'm not a beggar. I, I, I'm not a slave. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the most. I'm coming boldly. I invite you right now. Just lift your hands with me all over this place. We came to declare and serve notice on Satan. Everything you try to keep me out of, God has given me full access to. He has opened up the heavens. I've got full access. Full access. Full. Someone say full access. Come on. I, everything that's made you believe you're not good enough, you tell that thing, I've got full access. Everything that's made you feel less than and unimportant, you tell that thing, I've got full access. Every sin and struggle and addiction in your life that has kept you from God, you tell that thing, you don't own me anymore. God has full access to me, and I've got full access to him. I am his completely, fully, 100%, and I have full, complete, 100% access to every everything I need from God. We come boldly today. Boldly. I, I dare you just for 30 more seconds just to serve notice on everything that's told you you're not good enough. Everything that's told you you don't deserve this. Everything that's told you stay in your place. God says come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. Is every hand raised with you right now? Whew, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I hear you, Jesus. I hear you, Jesus. The Day of Atonement has been celebrated by the Jewish people for 5,700 years. And they have to keep celebrating it every year because atonement has only appeased God. 
But I need you to know for the last 2022 years, we have been able to come before God boldly. Because Jesus did with his blood, what the blood of goats and rams and bulls and lambs and pigeons could not do. Jesus fully, completely, totally, once and for all, atoned for my sin. That means that not only am I forgiven, that means I can live in freedom. Come on, somebody. This is for you today. This is for you today. I can live in freedom. Live in freedom. Oh, my God. I want you to take just the next few moments, and if you need to confess to God, you confess to God what you need to, but do so boldly. If you felt apprehensive and, and you've ever imagined yourself coming before God so passively, I'm not saying we don't humble ourselves before God. I'm saying ultimately we recognize we are his children. His children. And so we can ask, knowing we've already got the grace, the favor, to ask whatever we will. So come on, bring, come before God right now. Confess what you need to. Confess what you need to. And some of us, we're getting ready to move from confession to real repentance. Oh, my God. Too many Christians stop and just confess and, Lord, forgive me. No, now it's time to say, Lord, I turn away. I'm never going back. I repent. Repent is a Bible term that means I change my mind. I'm done thinking this way. I'm done allowing this to happen in my life. I'm, I'm turning away completely. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. This is a freedom for addiction right now. This is freedom from pornography right now. This is freedom from sexual immorality right now. This is freedom from bad habits, bad attitudes, saying wrong words, filthy things. I just shouldn't be talking this way. I shouldn't be thinking this way. This is freedom from the things that have kept you bound. Repentance. I changed my mind, and I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And on that day of atonement, atonement meaning to cover, on that day of covering, whew, the blood of Jesus became my day of atonement, my once and for all atonement on that cross. I'm now covered, completely covered. Tian, I don't know if we have this or not. Did I break down that word? If it, look what happens when you break up the word atonement. I want you to see what happens. Look what happens when you break that word up. At one. Whew. At one. Adam and Eve used to be at one with God. Moses and the priests could get close, but they could never be at one with God. 1,500 years of animal sacrifices and religion known as Judaism. They could get close, but they could never be at one until one man 2,000 years ago was elevated between us and the Almighty on a tree. Whew, he made us at one once again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you've heard nothing else I've said today, I just say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm at one with God. Come on, with our hands raised a few more seconds. Can we just praise him? Thank you. I'm at one. 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 Sin ripped me away from God, but Jesus' atoning sacrifice made me at one with God again. I'm united. Sin ripped me away. Jesus healed me and brought me back and reunited me with God. I'm at one the Father again. And again, 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God.